This episode of The Vinyl Preacher is brought to you by... Hey, friends. Are you talking to me? Oh, no, I get we're, we're thrilled to share that we'll be recording a podcast from the... I'm going to learn how to say this in German. Wild Goose Festival. Could have been the Fringe Festival, but this year it's going to be the Wild Goose Festival. This July 13th to 16th. Wild Goose Festival is a transformational community grounded in faith-inspired social justice. It's a -a one-of-a-kind gathering that brings together activists, artists, seekers, and Zach's in-laws from all walks of life to explore justice, art, spirituality, and community. The festival will take place at Van Hoy Farms in Union Grove, North Carolina. And I'd love for you to join us. Is that how you say it, Ben? I don't know. I mean, German. I don't know. Okay. And I'd love for you to join me. I, we'd love for you to join us there. From engaging workshops to inspiring Matt, panels. I'd like to interject here and say that I also would love for them to join me. You know, <laughs> we want to make it a, make it really clear. Whether you're joining us on a one-on-one individual basis or together as a group, we would love it. So mark your calendars and let's be a part of this incredible community that is committed to making a positive impact in the world. For more information, visit wildgoosefestival.org as one of our followers use discount code here it is discount code vinyl all caps v-i-n-y-l vinyl and you'll get fifty dollars off fifty dollars off that's buckaroos going broke how many euros is that (laughs) right now not enough about the price of an adult weekend tickets see you there hashtag wild goose festival hashtag community hashtag social justice hashtag spirituality maybe that was for the written post i don't know but i just read it out loud uh join us in wild goose wild guns fest i put in a translate it, it makes it one word which is pretty cool wild guns fest all one word uh that's 46.40 euros which is still a pretty good deal welcome to the vinyl preacher Wait, now no. from our friends <laughs> at Subwoofer. <laughs> Welcome to the Vinyl Preacher, your weekly podcast where we talk about the Bible and make a playlist. I'm Matt Cato, pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Los Angeles, California. And I'm Zach Pierce. I am still the pastor at Lutheran Campus Ministry at the University of Colorado Boulder. And Zach, this is Trinity Sunday, but I'm not preaching. The best Sunday. (laughs) Me either. (laughs) Bishop is coming to preach uh, and send me off. We're both uh, hitting the road uh, about that time of year (laughs) for different reasons. Uh, (laughs) The bishop is coming to give me a send off for my sabbatical. Uh, We are going to the Wild Gansfest. Wild Gansfest. Wild Wild (laughs) Gansfest. And uh, many, many other places. Uh, we're gonna go to Germany. We're gonna go to Scotland. Traced. Uh, we're we're gonna be. I'm gonna be tracing my roots. And I'm just gonna tell this one story. Uh, that uh, uh, this was my favorite story of the week. Uh, that drive that drove uh, Chris crazy. Uh, dr- traced my dad's ancestry back to Scotland on Ancestry.com. So who knows if it's accurate? But I'm gonna go with it because it means I could be related to Scrooge McDuck, which makes me very excited. Have you done the DNA testing? I did do the DNA testing as well, which Chris also thought, you're crazy. That's such an invasion of privacy. And I said, but look at all this cool data. Uh, so that was uh, fun. I did do that. Uh, I'm, I don't, I have to pull it up. But uh, so traced 
Scottish ancestor uh, down the Cato line to uh, East Lothian, uh, like mm. Dunbar, East Lothian, Scotland, which is like about a 30 minute train ride from Edinburgh. So Chris found a lodging there, which now we're not going to use because we're going to go to London a day earlier because we think that'll be fun for the kids. Go to London, pound right? I. Uh, but Chris said, well, you know, it's kind of a bummer because the thing I learned about Dunbar is uh, it's the birthplace of John Muir. Wow. And I said, are you serious? Wow, Matt, you got <laughs> and now, And now I got to go. She's like, no, you don't have to go. I'm like, yeah, it's a 30-minute train ride. We can totally do this. We can make this happen. Uh, there is there is a statue. She's like, there's not even a, It's probably just, it's just like his childhood home. I'm like, no, there's a statue. Look, I found it. Here's a picture of the statue of young John Muir who fell in love with the landscape around East, East Lothian and now, and then went from there to fall in love with landscapes of the Western United States. And the national there Park. must be a lot of commonality between the two landscapes, I mean, right? Incredible. There's also a statue in town uh, inspired by John Muir. It's a statue of a bear. And it's called the Dun Bear. The <laughs> Dun makes me bear. so happy. Uh, so oh, wow. not only could I visit the birthplace of John Muir, but it turns out that uh, I can be related to John Muir. Our ancestors are from the same place. <laughs> Man, Matt, this is huge. <laughs> There's really no evidence that I'm related to John Muir, but. Our ancestors were from the same evidence that you're not. (laughs) Exactly. These pictures of Dunbar are gorgeous on the sea, Matt. Oh my gosh. I'm so So, jealous. Yeah. Maybe I'll take an hour there uh, the morning before we go to London, but I'm excited. You know, they just, it's the little things. It's the little things. It is the little things. Have you seen there's a Jonah Ray has a, has a video bit about how uh, white men should be really careful about doing their like DNA stuff. Cause you might not, like the uh, results you've seen it. I've not, I've not seen that bit, but uh... Uh, I find a bit, I find it a bit too on the nose because like they present it like a Henry Louis Gates sort of way. And this woman's showing him and he's like, Oh, it was my grandfather, great, great, great grandfather, the mayor of, of Salem, of, of the town. And they're like, no, he, uh, when the Salem witch trials, he started, uh, he came just to be a part of them. He, uh, <laughs> He accused 37 people of being witches and thus is responsible for 37 deaths. <laughs> Here he is burning a woman at the stake and his Jonah's like, oh, is she a witch? Like, no, after the witch trials ended, he just burned women at the stake. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so as the literal Not descendant good. of uh, witch burners, I felt like, hey, you know, some of us really are witch burners, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. You never know uh, what you're going to find. I know. It's true. Mm-hmm. All right, John Muir Jr. Well, that's why JMG. I will be preaching for Holy Trinity Sunday and for many Sundays after that. I think I have two Sundays <laughs> left of actual preaching. Uh, so that's exciting for me. Um, well, uh, yeah, but we're going to talk about Holy Trinity Sunday for you, dear preachers, anyway. Because, uh, yeah, it's a thing. You might Trinity. have to work. You might have to work the Holy Trinity. Uh, let's let's see what are the what are the texts for Holy Trinity Sunday? Well, Matt, so like everybody normally disparages Holy Trinity Sunday, uh, and I'm not here to defend the honor of Holy Trinity Sunday. Uh, in fact, you know, mostly I'd encourage you to ignore it because nobody is coming to church in early June hoping to have you explain to them the unexplainable mystery that is the Holy Trinity that may or may not be a non-biblical concept. Uh, Like that's nobody's here for that. Okay. So like, let's just acknowledge that 
first up. Last week was Pentecost. It was great. Everybody loved it. Like, this is the worst scheduled festival ever, right? Like, the only thing that would make it worse is if it was, like, second Sunday of Christmas when nobody's coming on New Year's. Um, so don't feel that pressure, at number one, because it is an unexplainable mystery. Uh, and if you believe in uh, mysteries, as many people in the church do, they are things that you experience and things that you do not explain. So don't, you know, don't, like, stumble around to try to come up with a crappy metaphor that doesn't work uh in order to feel uh to help you feel like you checked a box uh there are no boxes to check here it's just holy trinity it's just another sunday uh if you want to if trinity things trinitarian things are really important to you i'm sure there are ways to weave it in here uh but i would lean into the mystery part of it because we get started matt with one of what's become interestingly one of my favorite texts so so in my context matt where i've been here for for finishing up 12 years now. Uh, increasingly these days, the students, uh, especially in the past year that I've interacted with, are not particularly religious. They're not particularly religious. They don't come from religious backgrounds of real, like, note, real formative experiences. Uh, if they come from a formative experience with a religious tradition, it's normally a negative one. Um, and they aren't, like, beating down the door uh, to have me explain theological concepts to them, Right. Uh, where the door opens for us to get like where I found the most productive place to connect the th all the things we do, the building community, the weekly meal, all that kind of stuff to the religious tradition is through Bible study. Um, and so I find ways to sneak Bible study in. And this text, like the creation text, are actually one of the things that they have the most, it's one of the first texts we go to, right? Because they have questions about it. Um, or I can tie it into everything and they let like have some sort of literacy around Christian like creation stories at least. Right. Um, <laughs> so they've vaguely heard of Adam and Eve before, right? Like the, the language of it is, is still enough in the culture where like in the beginning God created, uh, there was darkness and there was light, um, right. All that kind of stuff, right. Has a, has a, that's somewhat familiar. So this is a place we can get into it. And the helpful thing here is it starts to reveal how cloudy things really are. Um, all right. So uh, in the beginning, this is the beginning of the Bible. So I open them up, right? Like, and I'm like, hey, what's the first part of the Bible? So we go to the beginning. In the beginning, which is a apropos way to begin the Bible. Uh, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep while wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Connection piece here always is the ancients uh, were terrified of water. So we get some sort of Bible story and everybody's scared of water and like water's playing this big thing. Like, like everybody has rabies. Uh, like, yeah, water, primordial force, uncontrollable by humans, pure chaos. And that's where things start. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the day was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness night. And there was evening and morning the first day. And then things get complicated because we try to sketch this out and figure out what it means. God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, right? Like a bubble in the seas and let it separate the waters from the water. So God made the dome, separated the waters that had already existed. They were under the dome and the waters that were above the dome. And it was so, and God called the dome sky. There was evening and morning, the second day, uh, alluding to right skies being blue or dark at night, right? Like you can see very quickly how like pretty easily how ancients might assume that the, the blue dark thing above them is water. 
Uh, and that's kind of how they thought things were here, right? Um, you know, and so a helpful place to uh, um, push back against some literalism, right, is to say nobody really like reads the Bible literally because then, again, right, even your super evangelically fundamentalist sort of folk uh, don't usually proclaim that creation is a bubble inside of a giant sea of chaos. Uh, and yet, literally, that seems to be what's going on there. Uh, and God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place. And that's just confusing. We've never, I don't, I don't really don't know what that means. And let the dry land appear. It seems to be more about the dry land appearing. And God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together. He called seas and God saw that it was good. And then God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, which is a pretty complicated word to be one of the first things. Plants yielding seeds and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. And the earth brought forth that vegetation. Plants yielding seed of every kind and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day and the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the dome of sky to give light upon the earth and it was so, and this part was also confusing because we already created day and night, and yet we're doing it kind of again. You know, you can point to stars, but stars don't really give light to the earth, right? Uh, and yet it was so, and God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth to rule over day and night and to separate the light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. It is almost as if God has gone to the container store because we need to separate all the things into the appropriate place. And as someone who's packing up an entire house, a uh, container store, separating things into the appropriate boxes, it's important and helpful. Uh, and God said, kept going, let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures. Let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. And so God created the great, uh, 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 what's the sea monster word? Um, not Midlothian, uh, Kraken? Goliath, uh, Leviathan, Leviathan, which probably was from uh, Dunny Dunsford there. Uh, great sea monsters, which is one of my favorite parts of this text, and every living creature that moves of every kind, with which waters swarm and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good, and God blessed them, saying, "Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the waters of the sea, and let the birds multiply on the earth." And there was evening and morning, the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creepy things and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. And God made the wild animals and the cattle of every kind and everything that creeps and crawls. And God saw that it was good. And God said, that day's not over yet. Let us make humankind in, always a tricky one, our image. Who is the our? Uh, we talked about this in our ad read at the beginning. There are, are we looking forward to welcoming you? Uh, you joining us or are you joining I, me, singular? I don't know. But for some reason, the writers of the Bible have decided to preserve uh, this possessive pronoun, our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish and the birds and the cattle and the wild animals and every creeping thing. And so God created human uh, humankind in, we switched to the singular, his image. And in the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of the earth and every tree 
with seed and its fruit and you shall have them for food and every, wait a second, <laughs> just a, a small note, every tree you shall have. Uh, this is going to come into play in chapter two. And everything that creeps on the earth and everything that has the breath of life, I've given every green plant for food. Don't eat the blue plants or those mushrooms because they're not ones. for food. They're for recreation. <laughs> and it was so. God saw everything he had made. And indeed it was good. And there was evening and morning, the sixth day. And thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work and rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. And so God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it because on it, God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. That's a long one, but a good one. And also Mm -hmm. like worth as we kind of did more slow, like a slow, like examination as you move through it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, if you're looking for some readers theater here in the summer, uh, I'm sure you could do some interesting like um, uh, congregational, like reading, acting, mm. out, theatrical presentation of these things of the reading yeah. uh, that could give you the opportunity to pause on key moment moments and spaces that you could enter into with your preaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good idea. That's good. Yeah, and the other the other texts for the day are pretty short, so you can let this mm-hmm. one breathe, breathe. Indeed, it's a uh, it's a lot going on that sixth day. It kind of feels like I got to the end and was like, "Oh no, I still got a lot to do." <laughs> it's one of those deals we've talked about it before. How like at least in professional ministry, having it like a Monday off for like a Memorial Day is unhelpful because you still have to do the same amount of work in just in less days. <laughs> Right. God's like, I've got this Sabbath idea and it's going to be great, but we got to get this stuff done first. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's an interesting move on God's part, right? Could have saved humankind for the next day. Probably would have been, uh, you know, space things out, but he really just wanted to have that Sabbath day there at the end. Why couldn't we have eight days, God? The Beatles <laughs> knew what they were talking about, man. They did. We need eight days a week. <laughs> Oh, incredible. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Beautiful text. Let it breathe. You could intersperse. You could do some creative stuff. You could intersperse your preaching. Um, I don't know what the Holy Trinity connection is other than uh, let us let us make humankind in our image. I don't know. Where do you get the where do you, where do you take the Trinity connections i guess this is the we could do the creator redeemer sustainer thing and maybe this is the creator part i don't really like i feel like that sort of essentializes stuff which is less mm-hmm. helpful to me but um but maybe you see a i guess the part that i would find more helpful is that you see a you see a living uh a living god here you see a living active god on the move um and even though even though God says, let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness. Um, and then God makes more than one. This is the first creation story. Humankind, he created them, male and female, he created them. So we don't get like this singular Adam here. We just get the creation of humankind in our image. Um, and maybe that's a good opportunity to be like, the make in our image isn't Adam. It's humankind. Mm. Um, 
which I think is maybe a better reflection of how we think about God. Um, but maybe God is reflected in all of creation too. And so we think about God in this multitudinous way on Trinity Sunday. It's a good way to explore different images for God. And um, here's a lot of images right here. I like it, Matt. And, you know, so so there are those among us who say, you know, the Trinity is not a biblical concept uh, because the Bible doesn't talk about the Trinity, uh, just the persons of the Trinity and perhaps the mystery of the Trinity. Um, and so that's interesting and worth <laughs> worth noting. And I don't want you to throw like the whole like I'm not anti-Trinitarian, I don't think. Um, throw it out the window here. But worth noting, the Trinity not mentioned once in the Bible, uh, and yet we repeated every creeping and crawling thing uh, four or five times here already in the first chapter of the Bible, right? This goes on and on. We spend a lot of time describing the creation that is made, right? So actually, I'm going to pull back from your your kind of good news from last week, the right here, right now. Um you know, I don't, I don't know, right? Like, I don't know what to tell you about what the Trinity is and like the history of, of the establishment of Holy Trinity Sunday and Trinitarian thought, but good news, that's probably not that important. And that right here, right now, the fullness of the mystery of the, of the Trinity, the, the God of the Trinity is here in every, like, I don't want to be panentheistic or whatever, but I'm not too worried about it either that like, the text spends so much time with what is here, right here, right now. Perhaps we too would be best to understand the mystery uh, by being where we are right here, right now, uh, mm. with that same sort of depth of commitment. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, the image I had from last week too that I didn't use, talking about like open up doors to new windows, was kind of uh, it's spring here finally in the Rocky mountains or high plains, wherever you want to say I live. Uh, and uh, the neighborhood kids are out and the thing right now, Matt, I don't know if you have them in Los Angeles is roly pulleys. Uh, you got to catch them all. They're like Pokemons. Uh, so the kids are out They're They're going into other people's yards, looking for roly pulleys, churning over logs and rocks. Uh, and that image strikes me, right. Of like flipping over the log to see all of the stuff. That's the life, the universe that's underneath that log, uh, as an image that works for Pentecost, but maybe also it works this week with the creation text, right. Of like, um, that mystery is, is already right here. Right. Like, and, and it's worth spending some time with that. Yeah. 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 They're crustaceans, Matt. Like that's insane. Right. Like, you know, like there are tiny crabs all around my house, right? Like, and I live in the mountains. This is insane, right? Like it shouldn't, it, the world is amazing. <laughs> the world, the world uh, is indeed. The, the other thing I'll throw in, Matt, about the, mm -hmm. the you know, bleeding these two Sundays together here a bit, uh, you know, blood moon, all that sounds scary uh, and crazy. Like that doesn't really happen. Uh, hail. Have we talked about hail on the podcast? Cause we had a hail storm the other day. And I thought about it for a few minutes and I think hail, we don't appreciate how insane hail is, right? Like if I had to tell you what the weather is like, right? Like I can do it a bit through this creation story, right? There's like the sun during the day and it's mostly sunny and there's some clouds and at night it's colder and there's, it's dark. Like there's a moon up there, right? And sometimes those clouds like rain because uh, the water goes up and then it falls down. 
but also sometimes uh, giant rocks fall out of the sky, right? <laughs> like, like that's what hail is, right? Are they made of water? Yes. But like, I don't think we fully appreciate from time to time, really unpredictably, because we can't like, we can predict rain pretty well, but hail like takes that like special combination. So it's like, there might be hail today, but we can't tell you where. And all of a sudden, like softball sized rocks will fall out of the sky and ruin everything. And we're just like, oh, that's how weather works and life here works. Uh, you know, uh, that's insane. And we just take it for granted that like, oh, hail happens. Rocks fall out of the sky sometimes. It's, it's normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe let um, maybe let creation itself expand your imagination uh, of images for God this Sunday. Sometimes we're like, okay, we got to explain Trinity Sunday and not make it heretical. And then it feels like you're trying to like fit something in like a non-heretical, which is like one way to do it, I guess. But maybe a completely different approach to Trinity Sunday is to use it as a way to like explode whatever your image for God was before. And give yourself, just broaden your imagination, throw out some of those different images, use creation itself uh, to help you like, just uh, get that, like what's, what's happening here. Um, Expand your images for God this Sunday. I think it's a good Sunday to do it. Holy Trinity Sunday. Um, Yeah. Expand your images for God Sunday. (laughs) Do that. Bring out some of the lesser known ones. You can even be deeply biblical with it because there are so many biblical images for God that we hardly ever use. Um, so if you want a Sunday to uh, do that in your sermon, Trinity Sunday is a good day to do it. And all, you know, all taxonomies, Matt, are, fa- are false constructs, right? Like they just make, like they make us feel better. Uh, and that strikes me as a reality to read this, this text with as well, right? Like even trying to go as like far as macro as you can, like 35,000 foot view here creating some taxonomy, putting things in the right boxes, you know, we know doesn't work, right? Like this is the, this is the beginning of the Hebrew scriptures. Every creepy crawly thing is good. Uh, we're going to have some issues with that a little later on. Cause uh, you know, for, for some of our uh, followers of the Hebrew uh, tradition, uh, creepy crawly is not okay to eat. Yeah. They can't eat, they can't eat roly polies. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm not advocating for the consumption of roly polies here, but um we see that striving to like try to figure out what the perfect taxonomy is in the same way, right? Like we try to strive to figure out what the perfect description of, of the mystery is. Um, so yeah, don't yeah. worry about putting it in the boxes, right? Yeah. And you will get those other stories that Zach is referencing. If you do the semi-continuous series, uh, which we're not at my church, but <laughs> if you do that year a uh, is Genesis. So this is a good time to kick it off. Speaking of uh, uh, genre bending uh, musical acts, Genesis, define taxonomies. <laughs> Remember, we did the summer of Genesis. That was a oh, thing. I do. Do we happen. have a creative, interesting way to get through the summer this year? <laughs> nope. Nope. Right good. <laughs> good. 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 Oh wow. Um. Well, the gospel comes to us from Matthew. We're back in Matthew. Uh, finally for, and, and we're going to get Matthew Cato's, long lost friend. We get Matthew Cato's, uh, confirmation verse and oh. ordination preaching verse. Dang. Uh, this is a good text for me. Uh, the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, 
all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. I mean, it's short. It's short. It's mostly just talking, but it's, I like it. It's good. Of course I like it. It's my verse, but I, I like it. You get to uh, uh, go baptize, teach. Always a great little mm-hmm. uh, trifecta there. You get some baptism imagery, Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Uh, and then you get the nice little the nice little closer. Remember that. It I'll is a closer. You. It's good. No encores for the Gospel of Matthew. Unlike no. Luke. No encores. I do. After Luke got finished writing the gospel, he went backstage. Everybody was like clapping, but only at like 60%, you know? And he was like, well, I've got this other. I'm going to pretend like I'm not going to go back out there. Uh, we're <laughs> going to play an adult game of peekaboo. Uh, and then I'll go out there and give him the, give him the act of the apostles. <laughs> totally. What a move. What a move. He's a pro. Uh, pro storyteller right there. Um, here's, here's my connection. I mean, I think there's like a, I don't know. There's a surface level connection because you get father, son, and Holy spirit. There's, there's their Trinity reference. Um, but I think the deeper connection is that Jesus, you see all this creation that God is doing in the first in, in Genesis. And then God, there's this move that God makes though, where he, um, he, he, he gives the, he gives humankind uh dominion. You could explain, you could explain what that is probably in a more helpful way. Uh, since we've mistreated that word, but he basically gives them something. He gives them something to do. He passes something on to them, and uh, and the same thing happens in Matthew, where um, where some where, okay, we've got this Trinity, but then there's this they, they pour something into um, the people themselves, and so it's this way. I think where we talk about the Trinity, like maybe it's this distant, abstract concept, um, but what if it's a thing that we are invited into what if it's a thing that pours from father to son to holy spirit and then into us um that we are actually deeply connected to this trinity it's not a distant abstract concept it's something that we are intimately connected to i like it man what do we listen to go therefore and listen i've got a good track i just kind of discovered it's not super new i think it's 2022 it's a year old but it we didn't i didn't didn't come show up on my radar map maybe it showed up on yours a song called morning elvis uh that's florence and the machine off of dance fever uh along with ethel kane our new friend uh and i didn't know this but uh florence is uh um is sober now but it's not always sober and the song uh, is about uh, a time where she was hungover and missed a trip uh, to Graceland because she uh, couldn't make it out of uh, her situation. Um, and the chorus is pretty good, right? Uh, and if I make it to the morning, I should have come with a warning. And if I make it to the stage, I'll show you what it means to be saved. Uh, gosh. And there's this quote in her, it's tied up in Apple Music stuff, but there's a commentary. And uh, I had such little care for myself I knew if I got to the stage, something there would save me and that I would be absolved. Uh, and that just found, feels tingly uh, yeah. in that in that sort of way, right? Uh, yeah. If I make it to the morning, make it to that new creation uh, is my connection to the text this week. So uh, give it a listen. It's a good track too. Uh, and Ethel, 
effort as well on some of the vocals as well. Then we've got some numerology, Matt. So uh, three, Trinity Sunday. I'm giving you three white horses uh, with Andrew Bird opening track on uh, a studio album. came out in 2012 called Hands of Glory. There will be three white horses in a line. Uh, you'll need somebody when you come to die. Uh, it's not the happiest song, but it gives you three, and it's pretty cool. And last, Matt, we're going to go seven, and we're going to go with Fleetwood Mac, Seven Wonders. Uh, for the seven days. So you got three, you got seven, and you got a cool track with Ethel Kane this week. Fantastic. Well, I'm going to go uh, with some of my classics, which uh, are uh, Bob Gerald from Schoolhouse Rock. Three is a magic number. One of my favorite three songs. It's you so... can put the De La Soul version on? Oh, De La Soul. Wow. God, that's a good. Thanks for that I, reminder. I, I stayed off of it because I thought that Thanks. would be your corner. For that reminder. Thank you for that reminder. Yeah, well, let's throw that on there too. Um, uh, U2's one, but we're not the same. One, but we're not the same. Perfect mm. Trinity Sunday song. Uh, this one's for a uh, uh, friend of the pod, frequent listener, frequent live uh, commenter. <laughs> Texter, yeah. They might be giants. Uh, one of your favorites, I think. Triops has three eyes, which is from one of their children's uh, records. Three. Triops has three eyes. My kids love it. Uh, and finally, a fourth track uh with all those creation images bob marley and the whalers three little birds i like it matt have you I have one more question for you matt because i've been packing and when you pack you unpack first right you find uh in the garage all the boxes that you never unpacked because you're like i don't need any of this stuff but it's right. for some reason important to me enough important enough for me to move around the country multiple times in my life uh and i stumbled upon that so excited. Uh, 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 UAG Tecos jersey. Uh, I wondered where it went. I found it. I've been wearing it around the house. It makes me very happy, Matt. So my question for you, as you've done your ancestral work, I think one of the, for, for Northern European, people of Northern European descent like ourselves, uh, one of the helpful parts of, of doing your ancestry stuff is you can find an ancestral football club, right? Yeah. So the downside to my ancestors being uh, witch burners hmm. uh, is that they, they originated and they left from Plymouth, England, where football had not yet been invented in the 1600s, but now it's home to Plymouth Argyle who are moving up to the championship, which is the second tier. Like, a couple of <laughs> years ago, they were in league two, which is the fourth tier. So I'm pretty excited about that. But you, Matt, I did this for you. I mean, so you've got a lot Good. of. I was going to say, can you do it for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should go with, you ready for this club? It's an incredible name. Scottish club. Heart of Midlothian. <laughs> AKA Hearts. Heart of Midlothian, who play in the Scottish Premiership. And they've been in there forever and ever. And they're a long, founded 149 years ago, Matt. You got long wow. history. The Scottish Premier League, as we, as our listeners probably know, is um, dominated by Celtics and Rangers, uh, Celtic and Rangers, uh, which get into the Catholic Protestant deal. But there are other teams, right? Nobody has won it since the mid eighties and the Aberdeen one. Uh, so you're not going to have to worry about them like winning because that's not going to happen. But Hearts Midlothian, Hearts, uh, pretty cool, pretty cool club. I'm going to send you the Wikipedia link. You can take a look here. Hearts. And uh, you got you, I got you a football jersey to, to, to buy. <laughs> yes. Wow. All right. I'm going to uh, have fun going on this deep dive. At old Tyne Castle Park, the Jam Tots, their nicknames are the Jambos, the Georgie Boys, 
and the jam tarts in addition to hearts, according to Wikipedia. Incredible. Amazing. Well, don't forget that promo code, man. Vinyl. Vinyl. V-I-N-Y-L, all caps. We'll see you there. Maybe they really listened to the podcast, and that's where they got the promo code for it. Because it's been... Promo code vinyl.